Greetings, fellow nerds. It is October, mid-October already. Where does the time go? Uh, behind us, I guess. Anyways, it is time for God's Eye episode 48. Hang on, let me double check that number. Yes, 48. And things are happening. I hope you enjoyed the last few episodes. Um, in this episode, there's a NPC character voiced by me who uses the name Brock instead of Bryce. It comes up kind of late in the episode. So if you're confused, um, I just wanted to make this little announcement that Brock, as you may or may not know, is one of the antagonists in the Faerun 4 campaign. Bryce is the name that I meant to use, Bryce Baylock being Thaddeus's nemesis with whom the party has an uneasy alliance. So I said Brock, I meant to say Bryce, so just a heads up. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and things are getting really crazy going uh, going forward from here. And we're at about that point where I am going to be probably making uh, maybe the last uh, campaign planning episode of the campaign. It depends. I guess it depends on, on the actions of the party, right? Uh, I think we're kind of close to the final act. But again, then again, what do I know? If I'm known for, be, if I'm consistent on one thing, it's being incorrect. But yes, in the near future, I will be doing another campaign planning episode. Uh, I also did record an episode for Dungeon Mastering 101, like how to get started if you're a Dungeon Master who has not DM'd anything before and you're looking for maybe a little bit of guidance. I did record it, and I, you know, I didn't like the way that it turned out. It was a little too scattered, uh, so I'm going to re-record it, uh, better organized, better flow of topics. Um, so hopefully, I can get that out in the next couple weeks. But anyways, in the meantime, here's God's Eye episode 48. I hope you enjoy. For, who wants to give a recap for inspiration? Who wants to give a recap of what happened last time? Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Just, we're just offering. <laughs> Thaddeus? If you want to take it, baby. Uh, in, in quick summation, uh, we, after jesting with the queen, uh, we decided to uh, blow that popsicle stand, and we fought her! Uh, we did get the hint that the Black Obsidian was in somehow imprisoning her, controlling her, so we fought her, but mostly targeted towards the obsidian in her chest uh, and some of the guards. Um, I believe technically I whiffed it on almost everything, other than turning into a T-Rex briefly um, with Thaddeus. You shot some lightning. And Gutterbird doing the heavy lifting for sure. Um, oh, because we have the full arms. Yeah. It is true that would have if I had only had full sized arms. That Hang on, would have no, no, no. The T Rex's small arms still still had an impressive strength to them. So don't don't <laughs> Kevin, don't take the piss, okay? <laughs> um, but we were able to dislodge the um, the obsidian crystal and and release Basil. And where did we get to? Oh, she left us on a very cryptic note that was like, basically hinted that uh, um, Gutterbird's patron was soon to be arriving, which is haunting. Mm-hmm. 
that's a very good uh, recap. And it you t- did leave <laughs> one part out, though, babe. What? It was when Gutterbird and Thaddeus Ulysses Gambo played their own cover of Smack My Bitch Up. I just wanted to make that joke. <laughs> we can move on now. It almost okay. took that entire recap for me to pour out this Imperial Stout. Well, see, and that's teamwork right there. This yeah. Imperial Stout, because things are about to get dark. Let's go. Aww. So, yes, you had... <laughs> I thought you were going to say Regent. <laughs> yeah. We're going to a Regency game now? Well, we're fighting with a king, so... <laughs> I best be that character from that Jane Austen novel. That one character. Yep, okay. Yes, you had visited the shrine of Avalir who is a deity that resides in the Twilight Scape to sort of keep evil things contained within it. And you had taken some form of ritual or b- blessing at the shrine. You had arrived at Serial's lair deep in the Twilight Scape. You tried to talk things out, but it quickly became clear that the Obsidian Shard would not let her see reason. So you fought, and eventually wrestled the stone from her. During the chaos, Basil, who had been her prisoner and potential bargaining chip, uh, was freed uh, shortly before the combat ended. And now, with the Obsidian Stone no longer having complete control over her, she expressed awareness of the Fiend's want of the stone, since other minions of his had already attempted to get it from her and failed. And she warned that he would likely be on his way soon. So, before anything too crazy happens, do you have any... I think we were doing short rests. Yeah, we had finished on a short rest. That sounds yeah, cool. I... right, yeah. Yeah, I have very few hit die left, so I assume that's yes, what happened. We did. Uh, <laughs> we did discuss a short rest. I don't get any of my spells back on a short rest. Negative. Right? But I get my wild shapes back. Negative. On a short rest. I think you I get nothing. I, I thought I get a thing. Oh no! I just I. It takes me less time to rest. Got it. Yeah. I'm just delusional. Um. So are we just like chilling and like does she look frantic like this is going to happen eminently i mean she is pretty well exhausted like she is running on fumes at this point uh you can tell that she is concerned but there's not a whole lot that that she can do like she will just do whatever it takes to make sure that no one gets their hands on the stone okay stone's just chilling there on the ground still? Mm-hmm. No one has picked it up. Okay. Even so though Greasetrap has been prodding Gutterbird to do it. And I immediately, I'm like, I, I think we said this in the last episode, I am putting myself between Gutterbird and that stone. 100%. Um, I'm going to try and just, like, speak to the queen if she's got any... Like, we healed her up a little bit, I think. Um, I, I basically just want to be like... How much time do you think we have? She... I think she'll shrug and say that... I mean, the... You kind of have, like, two options that she can conceive of. Staying and fighting or or somebody taking the stone and running. And she doesn't... She doesn't think that taking the stone and running is a good idea because it just puts whoever's holding it in more danger. Not just from the fiend, but from the stone itself. Okay. Can we do anything to mask this stone? Can we touch it without being possessed by it or any of that? I think, like, very briefly. But, like, having it on your person, even just, like, carrying it around, um, will eventually lead to corruption. 
It's it's just a matter of when. But like, yeah, picking it up in your hand is is just a uh, asking for a bad time. In my hand. What about my mage hand? <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, again, you can still do it. I'm not going to say no, but there is, you know, there is that link between you and the mage hand, and there's, you know, that's a, that's an avenue. Uh, strangely enough, I was going to play Electric Avenue to summon the mage hand. But... <laughs> on your Electric Avenue, on your harmonica? Yeah. We don't have the rights. I, that's... Why? The main reason. Yeah, that's the main oh, reason. Right. It has nothing to do. It's it's the corruption of paying royalties that I'm not going to fall to. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, have our own version is Harmonic Avenue. <laughs> Hype. Uh, I think I'll I'll still try and get some answers from the Queen. It's like, I'm sorry, we're still trying to piece some of this all together. It appears the fiends have taken over the Summer Court. Um, and have been either swaying the queen or replaced the queen. We don't know yet. They seemed excited about us coming here, though. Do you think that's just to dislodge the stone? What do you think some of their intents might have been? They were happy for you to come here? Is that what you... Sorry, is that what you said? Yeah, well, like, I'm trying to... I'm remembering that correctly, right? When When they came into the room... This is Sarah now. When they came into the room as we were getting the magic items, they seemed, like, excited for us to go fight, right? They, I think they seemed more excited that they had proof that they should fight the humans. I think that's what they were excited about. Hmm. You know what? Let's do, let's do a, a sort of a, a retrospective insight check. Uh, 21. Uh, listen to her. Okay. <laughs> uh, 13. Okay, yeah. Um, Chai is pretty sure that they were happy that you were doing the looting. And Just specifically looting? Oh, I think Serial would conclude that they are... Whatever is Whatever evil influence is there in the court is just sowing discord to... to instigate instability... Mm. So they just wanted the chaos rather than us to specifically come here. The excitement wasn't like they knew our mission and were excited about it. They were just excited for us to be fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, they wanted to make the queen more paranoid. Yeah. Got it. More defensive. Um. Then perhaps can I ask her to elaborate uh, when of clear mind... Why did the prince come here? I know I asked this when she was under the influence of the obsidian, but like, what did he... Does she recall any specifics? Or do you get the sense he was directly under the influence of a fiend? Or perhaps it wasn't actually the prince and just a fiend in disguise? So, yes. So, during your brief exchange of words last time, she did make some comments about the prince's involvement. And she believes, she can't comment on whether or not it was truly him, but she believes that that he came there, whether or not of his own free will, to 
weaken weaken the magic that was holding her sort of within this small area. Now, the Twilight Scape, like kind of, and, and Avalir, the deity, kind of hold evil things within this place, but Serials, like the Summer Queen, had also reinforced it so that to make sure that like Serial couldn't get out. Now the prince came to weaken that so that at least maybe some of Serial's Grey Aladrin followers could escape and kind of, you know, make their way into this, uh, stumble into this agreement with Brock and this aberrant entity. Um, for the reason of having a she think well I mean she can only conclude that he did so because he wanted maybe this this hero moment perhaps yeah so that he had a true a true enemy to fight instead of instead of the so he wanted to literally on he wanted we were getting the impression he wanted this beholder to come up so that he could fight it or like he wanted some evil to be released so he could fight it as far as you know, like he he would have wanted like Serial to be released so that he could fight her mm-hmm. and her followers. Um, you don't know if he knew about the Beholder coming into the picture at all. Your boyfriend's super broy. Like, I mean, I just don't understand him anymore. Like, <laughs> I mean, he was. I swear he was like so much cooler before he's done I don't know as your husband you can do better (laughs) (laughs) when was it what was it that gave me the vision of our allies oh when we we were at the the tree at the pool right at the shrine yeah you got it I know I sent an animal messenger to Basil I guess should I send an animal to the group I was like should I call um, Ferdin? He like he, he's possibly got some backup for us. I don't know if he can make it here in time, but I'd... if only just to warn him. Okay, yeah. Well, since I saw him in my vision, I think that like I don't know where I'm at with the prince, but I I I feel more confident that Ferdin is neutral, if not on our side. So I'm gonna. I just I don't have great messaging spells. Um, Did you have a sending stone? Oh yeah, I have the sending stone with him. Uh, I'm gonna flip it open because I'm assuming it's a a razor uh, sending stone. Uh, Motorola. Go for the yeah. You need the Nokia ones. They'll. Oh yeah. Sorry, it's a Nokia stone. Actually, that's more of a sending diamond. <laughs> it's too hard to break. Uh, so I will uh, flip that phone open and I'll and I will message him or like whatever the combination the doot, 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 and be like <laughs> you'll T9 him yeah I'll T9 him uh, for you kids listening that's how we used to text um, and I'll <laughs> I'll basically hey Ferdin like you up <laughs> whoa whoa <laughs> Ferdin ASL <laughs> we wanted <laughs> We want it back up, not back that ass up. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get his attention. <laughs> what you saying, girl? Uh, so, uh, new maybe-ish plan. Uh, 
cereal actually super cool We're totally hanging out with her right now um, could you like get here pretty fast I think the prince may or may not be evil but most of the kingdom is actually evil so you and we're about to fight some other big evil could you like help with that OMW <laughs> I was like <laughs> and I'll just be and I'll I'll turn to the guys it's like he's totally cool and he's gonna be here like super fast <laughs> alright anything from uh, Gutterbird or Thaddeus about what's happening I'm literally just trying to comprehend what happened in front of me. Um, what? No, the... <laughs> I, Matt, am trying to comprehend what just happened in front of me. What, me trying to open a can? No, the T9. <laughs> oh, the T9. <laughs> Thaddeus is uh, mostly just tightening his armor. He's ready to fight the devil. Uh, I do think I'm going to be... like I, I, I want there to be like an audible pause. Chai's going to like do like the thing where she kind of like fidgets with her fingernails for like a little bit and she's just gonna go so like you're the king eh that's like cool presumably i mean it, i think it, she's talking to you it must have, it must have been <laughs> at some point yeah do you have any questions for like the queen who maybe has a memory of your lifetime events and, like, maybe can help you not be uh, subject to your patron, perhaps? Mm. Yes, that was something else that was, uh, I think that was mentioned, was that um, the Summer Queen was responsible for the event known as the Cataclysm that destroyed the old throne. Oh, yeah, that... Yeah, that's, I'm like, so maybe... Oh, yeah! Maybe, GB, maybe you want to, like, maybe ask some questions? I don't, I don't know, but, like... I maybe want to know why my, like, family died, but, you know, you you do you, I get it. It's a tough, toughie, it's a biggie. I think for me, I want to know what, you know, if she seems familiar with, like, familiar with my patron and, or at least, you know, aware of him possibly even more um, than I am, you know, just as somebody who pops up every now and again and makes increasingly strange demands of me. I wondering if she might be able to give us any insight into, you know, uh weaknesses or you know anything that we could possibly do to better our odds um with the, the with you know what's coming um you're asking serial about the the fiend's weaknesses mm-hmm. um she will say okay so i guess two things so she's gonna say that he he can't personally manifest himself here so what he if he arrives it won't be an illusion but it won't be him it's going to be some kind of simulacrum or a a representation like a projection of his power here um the the barriers between planes work in such a way that he can't just simply walk into this place he can't just walk into the feywild uh, like he would have to be summoned so there may be ways to like if you're fighting him to reduce his his strength um, ways other than just phys- like you know brute force or magical damage uh, there may be other ways to sort of weaken his hold 
Um, but she she kind of thinks like she looks off into the distance and says that well there's there's one other thing that I can do to better even the odds here and she produces uh, let me see what she has so she kind of takes from inside a fold of her cloak um, it's it's almost like a pendant but when she when she sort of holds it in her hand, it kind of, it's almost like a little sapling that kind of grows. And it looks like that kind of bizarre looking tree shrine that, uh, that you were at, like a, like a palm sized version of that, a tree that has like, you know, unblemished bark and, uh, and like, there's a, a deepness to the color that holds like, like looking into a star field and she kind of holds it it grows to you know a few inches in height and then she kind of like blows on it and it turns into a dust that covers the three of you um which because you took that side quest to get the blessing does restore all of your spell slots <gasps> oh hot diggity dog rather helpful before she does that, I cast, I recast the polymorph into the ring real fast. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then she looks back into the distance and she says that there are three creatures approaching. Uh, do I see them? How far away are they? Hmm, what do your elf eyes see? Yeah, you make a perception check. Anyone's welcome to make a perception check. <laughs> Is there an airship? A natural 20! Uh... Plus seven, 27. Ooh, very cool. My elf, I see a lot of shit. Eggs. <laughs> so I there's... It helps, but I ordered a 23. Ooh, Roll okay. a 23. I didn't order right. it. <laughs> <laughs> I command you to be this number. So in, in the distance, breaking through the sort of grayish clouds, the, the overcast, you see the faint shape of like three objects with feathered wings flapping towards you and as they near you can tell that these are griffins like from the tower that we protected or broke into totally not broke into Mm mhm oh goody cool come at me bro (sighs) if you wait a few more moments you you do see that it is the prince and uh, two of his retinue Ugh, the prince? The prince, not prince, not like the artist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we are totally not in a good place right now, and I was not prepared to have this conversation. <sighs> there he is again, overstepping boundaries. <sighs> Bitches. Right? Uh, I have a question. Well, I don't have a question. I have something I need to check. And I don't know if it's going to help. I'm going to tell Basil to hide... And I'm going to tell the queen to, like, hide behind a something. Let me see. I'm going to tell Basil to hide, and I'm going to tell the queen to hide behind him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just get out of immediate eyesight, I think, is more so. And, like, I might do, like, the, uh, what's the thing from Lord of the Rings? Like, cut throw a sheet over the eye or something like that. <laughs> throw a sheet over the uh, obsidian. Cover it in rubble, maybe. Uh, Make it obscure it. 
hide it like the pollen tear. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'll cover it in some of the loose rubble that's around, just so it's not like in obvious eyesight. Few moment, a few more moments go by, and he, I guess, lands kind of outside the uh, the ruins of the castle, outside the ruins of the keep, and and kind of like walks quickly down the the um, sort of like a bridge, I guess, that came like through the uh, through the main archway, um, and he's like he's calling out in a worried way. Chai, Chai, are you here? Are you safe? Can I... Can I poke... How far away is he? Um, Oswald, how far away do you want him to be? <laughs> I was gonna poke um, Thaddeus and be like, can you, like, fiend check all of these guys? Thaddeus. I would have said this, like, as like I would have made this plan, where you're like, as they get close enough, can mm. you see if these yeah. are people or... Thaddeus is going to poke his head over the wall. Hello, who is it? (laughs) That is is exactly the bit I was going to (laughs) do. He said he's already got one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, literally just be like, housekeeping. What? what? He says, ah, Thaddeus, good to see you in good health. I apologize that it has taken me this long to extract myself from the chaos at the courts. But I'm here now if Serial still needs to be slain. When all of them get within 60 feet of me, I'd like to send out the little ping fiend dar, if you will. Fiendar, okay. Sure, yeah, you don't get any fiend hits. Okay. Um, that that just kind of looks over at Chai and goes. Uh, what did you do? What did you do? I didn't see the audio. No, 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 no! Don't you dare tell! Don't you dare tell them! This is a secret. This is a secret. It was a brilliant hand, shoulder shrug, face gesture of the wind. Um, of the wind. No, that is just kind of makes a. Uh, they seem okay, kind of like face and shoulder shrug. Uh, and he looks back down and goes, Well, she don't, she doesn't need to be uh, slain, so to speak. We solved the problem with enough violence, but not like killing her, if you know what I mean. He says, No. No, I, I don't Perfect. know what you mean. <laughs> uh, it's more of a we. She is no longer possessed by fiendish thoughts. Do you got pancakes? I'm hungry. Serial, <laughs> serial lives. You've you've shown her mercy after all of her various misdeeds. Well. Considering your mom started the cataclysm, I'm gonna go with we showed her mercy because she didn't need to die. But shouldn't you shouldn't wait we should avenge Basil's death. Or 
we could see it as an opportunity to extend peace as Basil would have wanted. Is there someone else up there I could talk to? (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is, turns and says, I told him we already got one. (laughs) Uh, Thaddeus pushes Gutterbird forward. (laughs) I love all of us. Oh, God. (laughs) My liege, carry on. (laughs) I just just stand there. I'm still processing all of, uh, all of these new developments. Um, shit. I see your prince and I raise you a king <laughs> <laughs> would anybody remember me if I were to like you know has, has my appearance changed no you really haven't aged all that much because y- your fiend patron um, after you were sort of taken from Serial's custody kind of tucked you away in an obscure pocket of uh, of the Feywild where time doesn't pass. Um, your memory of that also having been erased as part of your agreement. So yeah, you don't you don't recall the time spent the a- ages languishing just waiting for him to deploy you. But yeah, no, you you look pretty much the same. A couple right. years, well, a couple years, maybe a little bit say, more gaunt. Didn't he shave his head and like? Oh yeah, and all the like tattoos, tattoos and baubles, tattoos and, shit. Yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, my minor difference. So I wonder if maybe if I were to, uh, you know, pull pull back my hood, if I'm still wearing it, and cast minor illusion to have the same haircut as I had before, maybe <laughs> they would, uh, we'd be able to have a, a conversation. It's brilliant. Put on your Clark Kent glasses. So yeah, maybe I'll try and then just say... Basically try and plea for peace. He says... Serial is alive. And you won't let me have... This... Small thing. What is, what is she to you? I guess we can say she's our, she's our ticket out of here. Potentially. He turns. He turns to his pals and he says, "Go back and, go back and wait at the Griffins." Do I like recognize the people that he's with? Yeah, one of them is the one that you talked to before. The name was what? Jaffis? Jaffin? Mm, Jaffis, I think. Yeah. And he he calls out for Chai again. He says, "I need to. I need to understand what's happening." I'll step. Like, I'm back in the keep. I will keep some distance. Uh, but I will step out so that he can see me. And I said, it's. I'll, I'll step out and I'll basically say, it's not about her. The evil that we seek to remove is not from this place. I'm not here to solve Eon's long family feud my goal and what I thought was our goal was to vanquish a great evil and I do not see that in Serial right now I'm not saying she's not capable but right now I don't believe she's the source of it but I fear it is coming here and I'll like as that I'll say like I fear it's coming here I'll kind of like tighten my gaze to him a little bit to be like 
So, so you're making it kind of, you're sending that hint that you know that he's... He's been here, yeah. I'm gonna try. Yeah, maybe I'll even be more pointed. I'll be like... <laughs> Why'd you come here last time? <laughs> yeah, I might even throw like a line in there and be like... You might have seen the hold on this place. Like, before. I'll just make like a comment like that, but I'll like... So something that like someone might perceive it as oh yeah well like we know the history so obviously but I'll like make it towards him so that he knows that or I'll attempt to convey that I know he's been here recently he takes like like a half a step back and his his sort of hand had been like on the hilt of his sword like not in a way that's like ready to be drawn but like on a just more of a posturing way but his hands fall yeah. to his sides and he he kind of like nods and looks around and he says I, I need you to understand I didn't do this I didn't know all the ramifications that would come about I thought that it would be simple to discover this ancient villain that passed into legend and to be the one to vanquish it do you know what it's like to be held in stasis the son of the queen nothing can happen to the heir no danger can befall me you were sent you were given a quest i was sent away given a phony job because they couldn't think of anything less i could do here so yes i am familiar what it feels like if I don't do this, then I don't know what any of this has been for. The time of omens has come to an end. The Aladrin have chosen war with each other. I accused Rosemary of being a fiend, and she obligingly revealed her true and hideous form in front of the assembled courts. There are some still, I thought, I thought people would be loyal to me, the one who had found out. At least the one who was willing to drag this creature into the light. But every every noble is now making their own play for power. The courts are the courts are in ruins, and we need a leader now to stave off the chaos. If I don't do this, then it can't be me. What makes you think that a leader is the one who just kills the biggest, baddest around? A leader is a person who speaks for the people, who represents them, not shows them he can swing his sword the heaviest. If you want to lead, show them that you have compassion, show them that you are listening, show them you have logic. I understand that Cyril is a complex person, especially for the history of this land. But did you ever once think that you might not have the full story? I'm not asking you to pledge allegiance to her or anything like that, but I'm asking you to listen to me. Ba at its most basic form. He says... You speak... with such wisdom for being gone such a short time... And I'm a fool for thinking that I could have that wisdom being cloistered away here for all this. 
and he he general like genuinely looks around like he's kind of lost like he doesn't know who he is at this point like he looks back at his soldiers and he like looks to you and he just doesn't know where, where like which way to go I think I'll just like I'll I'll look at him and just say like I understand the desire to prove yourself that is what I told myself uh, was my cause for a very long time. But the more I've learned, the more I've seen, the more, and then I'll look back at uh, Thaddeus and GB, and the, and the more I've actually <laughs> listened to other people, the more I realize that it doesn't fucking matter. I don't care if I prove myself to your mother. I don't care if I prove myself to you. I don't care about cereal. But what I am doing is... I'm doing it for me. <laughs> I know that... Th I know this is the right thing to do. I know we can't allow this evil, and I know that you might have thought it was something else, but at this point, I'm just preventing... I'm just hoping to prevent the worlds from imploding into each other, and I'm hoping people... I'm hoping to give people at least a chance to think for themselves. And I fear that if we don't do this right now, that option will be gone forever. So, sure, they can bicker and they can fight and they can set their war and they can choose who they want to follow. But I, I, they need to have that choice. And I feel like if we don't listen to uh, Cyril in this exact moment, don't take her help, there will be no world left to try and lead I thought that you were an emissary of the, the courts what is this talk I thought I was at one point as well and I'll turn back to GB and Thaddeus and I'll but I'm quickly quickly learning that I'd rather just figure out what is what's right and wrong he looks at you and he says, uh, knowing what you know now, what is to become of you and I? I don't know. But, not gonna lie, bud, if you walk away right now, you pretty slim chances, not gonna lie. Kick rocks, nerd! <laughs> <laughs> He's just kind of like looking around and saying to himself, like, I've, I've doomed us. I've doomed the courts. The courts are done. And it's at this point that Cutterbird feels a little bit nauseous. Uh, oh no! Oh no! As he starts so, to retch. GB. <laughs> <laughs> so GB, what he was doing there was he was saying things that were patronizing. Now, <laughs> that's when you kind of talk down to somebody and then just. <laughs> it's like, oh, I get it. My 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 input's not welcome right now. <laughs> <laughs> As Gutterbird begins to retch, there's a sound of crows in the distance. And you can see kind of from like the same place that the uh that the griffins came from is uh, this fluttering mass of black birds. And uh Gutterbird's going to sort of like keel over and and like begins to cough and it looks like almost like tar for a second but then it's like this charcoal smoke that begins to billow out from this puddle on the ground 
and uh, the smoke. You've seen this smoke before as it forms into a humanoid man in a gray cloak with a one gray eye with no pupil and pointed fangs. He says, ah, we have finally done it, you and I. And he pats you on the shoulder, Gutterbird. Very off-putting because you can feel the weight of his hand, whereas normally you're just used to dealing with a form, like a projection with no physicality. I feel like I would really, I would shrink away under that, but also maybe be internally emboldened to know that he's he's really actually, really actually here. If that is indeed the case. He says, well, look at this. No serial in sight. You have a whinging royalty approaching the battlements. Excellent work. I had other minions that failed, disappointed me greatly. Now, fetch me the stone and our business shall be concluded. I said it once earlier to someone else, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, Kick rocks, nerd. Yeah, I think I'd like to... I'd like to say... I mean, just flatly and, uh, you know, without, without any kinds of, any kind of inflection, but I think I'd like to just say no. His, like, chin points up and he sort of, like, looks around as if he's trying to, like, figure out where that sound came from. And he says, we had an agreement. I am not the type of fiend who repeats himself. Do what you have promised to do, or I will lose my joyful composure. I think what I'd like to do is, you know, look around and maybe crack my neck a little bit and make sure everybody who's with me is with me and... Hype, hype, hype. And say... (laughs) You can see Thaddeus getting pumped. (laughs) Yeah, and I would like to just say... Confound, confound your lousy deal. Um, no, I would just say again, no. So he had kind of started walking away from you, and now he like turns, turns back around, and as he walks towards you, he he's like getting taller in stature, and he kind of looks down at you. He's standing like maybe I don't know, ten feet away. And he says that when you die, I want you to cherish the moments, fleeting as they may be, from the time your heart stops beating to the time that your soul travels to hell. But before you go, I want to give you a parting gift. And he kind of like reaches out and before you can even move, he just kind of like puts a hand on top of your head and he's like, 
I want to show you something. And you're seeing like an out-of-body experience. You're seeing the moments like after you get whisked away from the cataclysm by Serial. And you're seeing how she's like inviting you into this safe haven, explaining how, you know, what happened to you wasn't just and that she feels it's her responsibility to keep you secret and safe. And you can sort of hear the fiend's like voice in the background, like rolling thunder. Said, I always know when someone might be useful. And you were useful because you're a king, but you're useful because of who you would eventually become and who would you and who you would eventually come to know. But first I had to get you out of there. And you can see almost like you're a fly on the wall. Your wife in a rolling lush meadow that's tinged with gray because of this place. And you can see this tiny form with leathery wings and a scorpion tail come up and sting her. And he says, how does it make you feel to know that the little imp who's been on your shoulder this whole time is the one who killed your wife? I mean, it makes sense that you would stick me with him and have that be the the creature I'm, I'm bound to, to bound to, rather. And really, I'm not surprised that something like this would have happened. But it is infuriating nonetheless to just be shown that that image. The crows begin to circle overhead and they they kind of like focus on one of the like empty abandoned half-ruined towers. And they sort of like land all in one spot and they resolve themselves into the the figures of Rosemary Angelica and Carta. And they are not in the same... You know that it's them, but they look different. And the fiend says, All it took was a little bit of illusion magic and a coven of hags to bring down the court... Oh, and one impetuous boy to bring down the Eladrin courts. And he kind of like exhales and he looks past Gutterbird and he looks over to Thaddeus and he says, well, what about you, holy man? You Will you fetch me the stone? I'll make you a deal. You can swap out your allegiance to this Tritherion, this impotent symbol of yours, and I'll, I'll let you kill Brock. <laughs> and I'll take his soul for eternal punishment. Oh, who are we kidding? He's already going. Don't be a dumbass. Hmm. <laughs> what if I offered Brock a deal? Do you think that he would take it? I mean... Yeah, but he's a weasel. He's not that good at his job. He's already beholden to some stupid aberration. You got a real problem with offering deals to people who have what they need. See... The way I look at this is, 
you've already given me my outlet. And he kind of slowly rotates towards the hags. And he's like, I can carve up these bitches no problem. And feel a lot better about my day. But, when it comes down to it, you've got to go back to the seven, to the nine, sorry, nine layers of hell. And explain how you failed to your boss. Because I know you aren't the actual ruler of hell. Hmm. You're just some little archfiend that thinks he's all uppity. Much like, I don't know, any of the other nobles of the courts over there being all foolish and shit. You need to set your priorities straight. Figure out what you want and get it for yourself. Because I ain't gonna be your errand boy. Now, I believe, as a man who also doesn't lack repeating himself, I said, kick rocks, nerd. His like his eyes are you can tell he's not used to being spoken to in this way. His eyes are like wide and his one colorless eye is starting to like glow a little bit. And he says, Well, that's where you're wrong, Tin Man. I'm not going back to hell. I'm going to take that obsidian shard and plant it to make a hell fortress here in the Feywild. And he looks at Chai, he says, you think the courts falling apart is the worst thing that can happen here? I have bad news for you. I will just laugh in his face. And I was like, oh, sweet summer child. I never thought that. But now that you've mentioned it, just to reiterate, kick fucking rocks. And I'm going to like pull the defender sword out. Okay, he says, well, he can. he looks over the wall and sees sees the uh, other Eladrin mounting up on Griffins. He says, I never like a fair fight. And he, he, licks, he licks his fangs and bites his lip and begins to spit gobs of blood on the ground that begin to form up. Counterspell. <laughs> no? That didn't, that didn't work? I, I couldn't convince you that my level one bard has counterspell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think if there's anything else on my monologue list to go over before things get oh, crazy. Oh, always worthy. Always I'd worthy. I'd hate to interrupt the evil monologue. Joke's on you, I've already killed all the hacks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Just feathers explode everywhere. Doves. <laughs> I, I might just take this slight moment of turn. It's like, by the way, if you could just like extra punch Rosemary in the face, I'd really appreciate that. She was never nice to me. Have you met me? I know. I'm just I'm just a small request. <laughs> no, like, it's a 50-50 shot. I'm either punching her in the face really hard or messing. <laughs> the gobs of blood begin to form up into these armored, fiendish soldiers that have these sort of blank, metallic masks. Oh, that's not good. There are five of them. No, these are not the quiet. Oh, okay. There are five of them in total. Um, three of them wield halberds. Two of them have these hellish crossbows. It's fun to describe everything as hellish if it's originating from hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And They're wearing hellish shirts and hellish pants. <laughs> and hellish loafers. <laughs> 
quite they're, sensible. They're, yeah, very sensible for the terrain. They're boat shoes. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, river sticks and all to cross. I get it. And there's there's one larger one okay. that has uh, that has wings, and Ugh. even the fiend now, like from his cloak, is sprouting these sort of charcoal smoke wings. But he says to his offspring, the one that's that has the wings, he he looks over to the um, griffins and he says, kill those. And he says, well, there's no point in sending you to hell when all the devils are here. And that's where we'll stop. 